Don't pull up at 6 a.m. to cuddle with me. You know how I like it when you loving on me. I don't wanna die for them to miss me. Yes, I see the things that they wish on me. What is going on, Ball Talk folks? It is good to be back here with another episode. Oh my god, consistency has been off the walls. What can I say? Like I told y'all. Really focused on grinding and, and uh, chasing that dream of, you know, having a career where I can just cover sports. Uh, that dream is to be able to cover the NBA Finals while I'm on the court. Um, that dream is to be at the Super Bowl. That dream is to be at the World Cup and be uh, a commentator and um, create content and, you know, chronicling the stories of players and where they've come from, right? That is the dream. And this is a message to you all. If you have a dream, go out there, chase it, grind every day. And that's what I'm focused on is the consistency and releasing a podcast episode every day. So today's uh, podcast, we have a lot of hot topics. It's going to be a fun episode. I will tell you all that are basketball fans, this episode is going to be primarily focused on soccer, but there is a very interesting portion that I want you all to tune in. But before we advance forward, I, got, I have a special guest for this episode, and I'd love for you to introduce yourself. What's going on, guys? My name is Vince. Um, I've been working with Iron for a little over three months now. Um, really excited to be on the show. Uh, when we were talking, he mentioned to me that he had a podcast. And one of the big things, I was like, Aaron, do you ever, you ever talk about soccer? And he goes, you know what? Not enough. Now, primarily, I do watch, I do watch the NFL. It's my number one sport. Full disclaimer, I'm a Giants fan. And I said, come on, we got, let, let's get a soccer episode going. Let's talk. Let's let's let's. I mean, we talk every day about soccer. Every right? day. So it was like it was a no brainer. Let's talk about soccer, right? Exactly. All right. I want to. I want to off the top, like off the the very front. I want to start with a hot topic. So I'm a big fan of the NBA, and today Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler is a top ten player in the league. Um, I'm a Miami Heat fan. You know, I'm Miami everything. Yep. Jimmy Butler wants to get traded to Miami, and Miami has been in talks with Minnesota for four, four weeks now, almost a month. And they've gotten close to deals, uh, very close to the point where all they needed was a signature um, and to submit it to the NBA League office. And Minnesota has broken the trades down. And, and a lot of people like Wojnarowski, Woj, um, are saying that um, it's really Minnesota just trying to bait. You know, Minnesota's trying to get leverage. The news came out today by Adrian Wojnarowski, who is the best basketball reporter, um, that Minnesota is, uh, that, excuse me, Jimmy Butler today in practice basically went on a tirade. So if you don't know, I don't know if you saw, um, Jimmy Butler basically, you know, went out and went, went into practice. This was the first practice. And instead of playing with the starters, Andrew Wiggins, Carl Anthony Towns basically decided he was going to play with the, the B team, the, the reserves, the bench. Played with the bench and had them beat the, the, the starters um, and apparently went on a rant like while he's playing, like saying, you guys can't win without me. You guys need me. Um, so I, I got to ask you from a from a sports standpoint, what do you think of this? Like, should Minnesota go ahead and trade the dude like just from an organizational standpoint? So here's my take on the uh, – so the NBA, I think, is kind of unique in that stars drive the league. Okay. You look at LeBron, and he goes on, and he reaches the playoff every year. Everyone associated the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Miami Heat with a single player. Yeah. Now, that goes on the NFL. That goes on other sports. But at the end of the day, in the NFL, the organization has a say. Absolutely. They look at what's best for them, no matter if it's in the best interest of the player. It's about them. Okay. But in the NBA – Everyone is encouraged for the stars to choose what's going on. Sure. You look at the fans and th- what dictates where people go and what people want is based on what the top players in the league are saying. Players will openly say that they want to leave in this case. Wow. Jimmy Butler has reiterated that he wants to leave. He's given teams and he wants to go. Now, in practice, he, he went off. He what, what, <laughs> let, let, to put I was right? following the tweets like every five minutes, and I was like, this is awesome. I love this. And it, it, it makes no sense at first glance. Like, why would why would uh, Minnesota keep hold on to him, exactly. right? Exactly. Why keep a player who doesn't want to be there and is clearly unhappy, right? Clearly unhappy. The only, right? the only thing is it leads to locker room disputes. It leads to bad playing. The only reason why you would want to keep him is for maybe his value. But why, why even hold on to him at this point? You have teams lining up to take him off. Now, he's a stud, but you have teams lining up to take him. They'll take him from you for, for what, a, a lot of pieces. For a, a lot of pieces. A lot of value. Right. He's, and a, he's a superstar. You get his contract off your books. It doesn't 
it it doesn't make sense to me. And I honestly, people will say Jimmy Butler has been immature, but he I, hasn't. I admit, and I've heard that. I respect him. I Never res- once did Jimmy Butler come out on social media and say, "Hey, I hate Minnesota. Hey, I hate this." Sure, he had the feud with Andrew Wiggins, but Andrew Wiggins did the same exact it's thing. Exactly right. And so what Jimmy Butler today was doing was basically saying, "I'm sick and tired of you guys playing games with other teams and the teams I want to play for, and you can't win without me, and you know that, right?" So. I'm on Jimmy Butler's side in this case. Of course, I am too. Because at the end of the day, he's in the league, obviously, for for himself. You never know in professional sports if your career can end in an instant. He's looking out in his best interest. And honestly, at this point, getting rid of him would probably, I think, be in the best interest of Minnesota. You bring up a a very important point, which is you're a professional athlete. You don't know when your career is going to end, right? And the example I use is Earl Thomas of Seattle. Right, he goes down to injury. He's been in this long uh, dispute with Seattle. He's been wanted to, wanted to be traded. He gets injured in like week four, and he throws up the middle finger at the Seahawks sideline. But in his case, he's throwing up the middle finger because he's been saying all along, "I'm an athlete. I'm in my prime. I need a con- a, a, a contract, a guarantee, rather than a franchise tag, to make sure I can uh, you know support my family and 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 you know whatnot." Right. Right. Think, think about it. It's like any other career. People will say that, oh, he's money chasing. He doesn't care about rings. But you know what? It, they're damned if they do and they're damned if they don't. If a player goes to a different team and they want to go after rings and they want to take less money, people say, oh, they want the easy way out, right? They want to join up with a better team. Or you go to a player and who's looking out for a contract. He's looking for – he's like, hey, I don't know how long I'm going to be playing like this. I don't know how long my value is going to be. And they take that contract – we we criticize them too. So at what point does a player just be make the right decision? Especially in the Earl Thomas situation, he was open about saying he wanted to get rid. He of wanted him. to get leave. Now he said he wasn't being paid for what, how much he's worth. And like I said, in the NFL, it, it, all they are are just they're they're, they're pawns. You're like, right. You're right. And I'll, it's, you know, I, I hate to bring politics into this, yeah. and I, I never do that. I don't. I'm not a fan of talking about politics because at the end of the day, I think it's too divisive. But you were right when you think about the Kaepernick situation, right? Here's a guy who, you know, sure, to some people it might be offensive, but he's standing up for what he believes in. Mm -hmm. And the truth of the matter is that no owner in this league can argue whether or not Kaepernick is a top – you know, he's better than, I would say, than 80% of the quarterbacks in this league, right? He should be on a team, but he's not on a team because owners dictate the sport. And because he stood up for what he believed in and owners didn't like that – you know, now this man's being stripped of his right to play football when he's clearly when you look at players in the league and quarterbacks, he's he's up there. Yeah, I, I don't think you can deny that. But here here's how I think it works. If you were to ask an owner, should Colin Kaepernick be in the league? Most of them would probably say yes. But so then the question is, why isn't he on a team? It's because it's a business. Because it's a business. It's a business. And the <laughs> owner knows, well, if I take him on my team, oh, the press is going to be on me. I'm sure. going to be under him. My Fans are going to be upset. Everything. It, if they can avoid something that isn't going to directly, I guess, just win them more football games yeah, immediately, sure. okay. why would they? Why would they bring why would that they upon do that? themselves? Absolutely. And it's tough because you you look at all the size of it. Should he be in the league? I, I really think he should. In terms of quality, you can't tell me that there's 16, 17 backups in the league that are better than him. Because I don't think he's even. I don't even know if he's looking for the money at this point. I think yeah. he's just looking for. He wants to play. He, he wants to 100%. play. So I want to transition here before we go into soccer. I have a few things I want to talk about. And I, I want to do another episode on this if we get a chance, and we definitely should. Mm-hmm. I want you really briefly to talk about your experience last summer. So you worked for the New York Jets, right? right? I want you to talk, what was that like for, for all these kids? You know, the goal of this podcast is to inspire kids to really believe that they can chase their dreams as athletes, right? If they have an athletic dream or mm-hmm. just a dream in general. And I know I've always wanted to work for a, a sports team and, and venture off into the sports world. What was that experience like? So for me, I, all right, so to start off, I interned at the New York Jets. Under, I was under a marketing or public relations term, but um, to be honest, I, I interacted a lot with the football operations team, which that was honestly my favorite part. So the way I guess I worked out is I, I live close to the facility. That's my story. I, I applied. Um, things went the right way. Did, did said some right things, and I got lucky. I got a break, and um, I worked there for for a whole summer last summer. And it's really tremendous how how you see an NFL culture works. 
And you, you think you like you could try to understand like we a majority of people have played sports in high school, but it's not even close to the amount to the level you get when you reach the NFL. And I think being around that, that there was a different standard for everything. That the whole workplace, all the accountants, all the finance guys, all the ticket sales guys, everyone revolved around the team. That they knew that their purpose was there to be as one organization. And the players obviously felt that as well. And it actually stemmed from all the way to the top. You would see, you would see uh, Mike McAgnan, the, um, the GM. You see Todd Bowles. I see him in the hallway. And they were all business. And that they knew that everything they did, it, it all added up. Because at the end of the day, once the season rolled around... It's, it's nice. game time. It's game time. 100%. It's game time. And you got to be in your A game always. And, and, and it bled through the entire organization, which was so enjoyable to work for. Sure. And one thing is, is you can't, I can't deny, I see Todd Bowles, I see the criticism that teams can get, but one thing I can't deny is that guy's work ethic. He gets in, he's the first guy in the, in, in the building, five in the clock in the morning. He leaves last at 11.30 at night, midnight, and he goes back and does it every single day. And but you know what? That's what it takes. And that's what it to takes. To be successful. I mean, Anywhere in life, even if you're not a coach, if you're in sales like us, mm-hmm. it's all about hard work, right? Um, now, let me ask you, could you ever see yourself back in that uh, kind of that realm of working for a sports team mm-hmm. and kind of in the marketing role or would you do something right. else? Uh, so I, I would like to go back to sports at some point. I mean, it's I, I enjoyed I legitimately enjoyed going to work today. I still do today, but there's something about walking to that facility. There's a Man. there's a. There's a vibe. That it's you like got. the shivers I get when I walk into a basketball arena yeah. and you see the lights shining on the court. You see the NFL logos. Oh you see the God. professional stuff. You see Absolutely. all the sponsorships. Absolutely. There's something that it just gets you amped up to, to do work. What I do, right. I did some Excel spreadsheets. and <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but I got pumped up for it just because of what you're – there's a culture. Right. And people will dog on, on the Jets. But one thing that they have is they have a culture and they have a mentality. And that this is coming from a guy up. who's grown up as a giant. I, yeah, yeah, full disclaimer. Like I am a giant fan. The Giants hard, yeah, yeah. So I am a Giants fan, but at the, you, I can't, I couldn't deny that there was some, there was a culture there that honestly, I'm not sure if it exists a lot of places else. People criticize the team in terms of tactics. People criticize in terms of talent, but that team was one, and I see that. I see that still. Absolutely, great stuff. What I didn't mention to y'all is that the gentleman standing right in front of me uh, went to Villanova. Yeah. And- <laughs> For you all that listen to the podcast, you know that I went to Carolina. I'm wearing my Jordan hat right now, my Jordan shoes. Um, so, you know, Villanova has a very tough place in my heart. Um, what was that like that night, man? Obviously, okay. for me, it was a lot of crying, a lot of almost broke my hand. <laughs> but what was, I think it was April 3rd, 2016. It's April 4th or April 3rd. Yeah. So for all you people watching, um, I'm not whatever age you are, whatever, if you're in college, you're younger, you're looking for whatever you want. There is a culture that exists. Uh, basically, for me, there's two primary college sports, right? There's basketball and there's football. Sure. And for – you know how many Division One college programs there are? You know how many colleges there are in the so country? Many. And to be number one in one of the major sports is unreal. Unbelievable. So I was actually there. I was, I was in San Antonio. It was my sophomore year. And I, I specifically remember the entire tournament run. Everyone, because Villanova before that almost had a curse out of them. Yeah. Villanova would have one, two seats, three seats, and and they'll go and out. They would lose in the first or second round. It was like Duke, kind of like Duke. Right. <laughs> there, Dukies out there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there, there's there's a haze over the team, and it, it, as terrible as it sounds, we would make our brackets, and we'd be like, oh, I have my one fake bracket, my one real bracket, and the fake one would have Villanova going all the way, because in the back of the mind, we were like, all right, well. We had to play Miami. We had to play Iowa. We had to play Kansas. We had to play UNC. We had to play um, Buddy Heald at the time. Oh, who was my God. And every single time, even us, as terrible as it sounds, we could doubt them. Because history would say that Villanova is a tremendous organization with great leadership. But they but, don't have that final touch. But they didn't have – exactly. And right. when, the, when crunch time came, there was something that was missing. But and that was Jay Wright's first national title, wasn't that, it? That was his first wow. one. And every single game that went by, you felt that there was an aura around this team that, that was different. It was, and it was in the stars. It was after the Miami game and after the Kansas game where they won. And I, you, there's an iconic moment where Mikel Bridges is holding the ball on the ground because he knows that they, they probably won as long as the time expired. And I remember that. And I, a lot of people discuss, are we going to the Final Four? 
And at that time, I was a sophomore, and I, I didn't have any doubt that they were going to even go, that I was going to go, or they were going to win. Because for some reason, when you watch sports teams and you have you're a fan of a certain teams, there's something when you feel that this team is different, and that team was was there's, different. There's just a special spark, and it's like how I felt the year after. Right, right. you 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 witness something, and you witness whether it's like player reactions or the way they win games, or the way they even the lose, they or how they lose, interact. Too. How, yeah, how they interact, and how sometimes they even lose, lose games. games. Villanova had some tough losses at games that year, but there's something about that it just you couldn't explain Absolutely. that I almost knew was happening. I still remember where what I saw when I watched Chris Jenkins shoot that shot. Oh my God. I, remember I remember my, that moment. Yeah, I remember my eyes. Uh, you know, it's interesting you say that because. You know, for North, for a kid that went to North Carolina, we're used to that, right? So, you know, everybody always talks about North Carolina basketball, right? No one really talks about North Carolina football because we right. suck, right? No one talks about Villanova <laughs> no, football, no, right? No, no. Um, but everyone talks about North Carolina soccer, tennis, right? So for my four years there, our soccer teams went to the Final Four. Th- men's and women's went to the Final Four three mm-hmm. years in a row, right? Really? Lacrosse okay. won the national championship. Right, tennis right. won the national championship. Baseball went to the Final Four, right? So we're used to it. But when you're in that moment, it's, you know, I, I, I remember exactly when it happened, right? I'm at the Dean Dome with 20,000 other students, and Marcus Page makes the most ridiculous shot. Everybody's mm-hmm. screaming like crazy. We know, all right, if we get to overtime, we're going, you're going to, to win, win this game. And I knew that too. We're going to win this game. They let us down on the floor. They let us onto the floor. I turned to the girl that I was uh, trying to date at the time, who I, who I really liked. She's a great person. She knows who she is. And, uh, you know, uh, obviously uh, the best for her and her current boyfriend. Um, and I said, this is a curse. They're letting us on the floor right now. We're about to lose. They're going to make the shot at the buzzer. Get on the floor. Balls inbounded. And then the rest is history. The rest is history. Right? But going back to that point that you are bringing up. There was something about that loss that the night we lost, everyone knew that we're good. Next year, we're going to do it. Hunger. Because there was something about and, – and this is what I always tell people when I'm talking about this. Losing at the buzzer is the worst way to lose the national championship. If we had lost by 20 points to y'all in a blowout, we would not have made it the next year. It is the fact that we lost at the buzzer that motivated our team to get back because all they could think about when they went to sleep at night was that shot. So the next year, all they played for was the opportunity to get back, right? Of course, we got lucky and we beat Oregon and then we beat uh, Gonzaga, Gonzaga, right? But you're right about this aura because I remember when we were playing in, in the tournament, we beat Kentucky on a final shot, Luke May buzzer beater. Mm-hmm. We beat Providence. We beat, I forgot, a couple other teams. And as you're watching those games, you're slowly seeing like, okay, these guys are gaining momentum at the right time. Like we're finally clicking even though we had some crucial losses in the regular season. You get to the lead eight, it's Kentucky. You're like, okay. We lost at the buzzer beater last year. There's no way Kentucky's going to beat us. Luke May makes it at the buzzer. Of course, we, we're in pandemonium. We're going nuts. Right. And then Oregon, I mean, the rest is history, right? right. But right. Um, no, man, what an experience, you know? We're and, both so lucky. And I think right? sometimes we take it for granted. And, and, and you know what I always tell people is like, you know, everybody's like, okay, my sports teams have won titles, but there's nothing like going to a school where your team wins the national championship. Like you're celebrating literally – for three months straight. You're celebrating with your classmates too. Right? Like, you, you win an NFL championship or NBA championship. It's not like you see those guys or, or you're, you're – yeah, you, you believe in that town or that city. These are your classmates. These are, you, these are people who I've had classes with that I see the next day. These are people who I see at the Chipotle down the street. Right. And I see them. I see them on TV. I see analysts talk about them. You, you – I, I – uh, associate myself with the with, yeah. with this. I, I breathe that. What I, I always tell people is when you go to Carolina, and the same applies to Villanova, you literally, we all share one dream. And that dream is that your team will win a national title while you're there. Right. And for both of us, it happened. Very fortunate. Sick, man. Awesome. So we're going to jump into the soccer stuff yeah. here because this is what we really love. Right. Um, so right off the boat, I want to get on a hot subject, okay? Um, so for all of you, y'all listening, uh, we haven't pre-planned this. We, you know, I literally did not <laughs> tell Vince what we're going to talk about. I just told him, be ready, and I'm going to go with it, and I'm going to put some stuff out there. All right. Okay? So, so the first question I'm going to ask you, and, and I, I really want to talk about this, is Messi or Ronaldo? Okay. 
So, first off, I'm an AC Milan fan. So, unless we were talking Serie A, I guess, don't worry. I'm not, I'm not too biased. In that sense. <laughs> so, here, here's where I put it, right? Messi, it's, it's almost God-given. Ronaldo's worked. And the reason why I say that, I'm not saying Messi doesn't put in the work. It's just that you watch him when he goes on certain runs. And you watch his epic goals in certain years. And while he's been slowing, for him, he's been slowing down in the past year or two. Um, there's something you would watch his like his little chip against Bayern. You would oh watch. You're talking about Messi, right? Right, Messi. You, 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 oh, there, are, there are plays that he made when he was younger, like 10 years ago. You, you want to watch it now because it was so it was, mind blowing. And you would watch it and the quick reactions, the natural ball touches. You can't teach any of that. Right. That was pure instinct that comes from I really don't even know where. Yeah. Where you that Barcelona knew they picked him up at what age ten right. or something that right. that that guy was special just because there was something about him. Yeah. It's the way he so, moves the ball, dribbles the ball, and assists, scores. So he does everything. It's so hard to replicate. No. Now, if we were having this discussion maybe two or three years ago, I would go far and away, Messi. I, I, I would. We'd have a debate, but I would think about it. In recent years, we all the limelight really is starting to become to Ronaldo. And you watch Ronaldo. His numbers are are obviously ridiculous, but sure. but he's probably one of the most complete players we'll see in at least for a while. Right. He scores with his left. He scores with his right. He scores right. with the head. He he finds so many ways to get goals at and at crucial times too. That when they need him, he, he came on and he did it. So Ronaldo is a global international su- superstar for so many different reasons. For his branding, for probably the way he looks, for the teams that he was on. I'm. But at the end of the day, for some reason, even in this past two years, I'm still going to gravitate towards Messi. My guy. Just, I love it. Just because there are some things that I watch him do that I will not see another player currently playing or probably playing for Ever. a very long time Be do. Able to do that. He will pick up the ball at midfield and make everyone else on the field look so dumb. He'll dribble through 10 defenders. He'll go through everyone. Now, he's not going to elevate like Ronaldo and score an amazing header. He's probably not going to score these flashy bicycle kicks. He's not going to run down at the speed of sound and get to a loose ball. But he'll pick the ball up, and as the Brazilians say, he'll turn into a foot magician and go all the way down, in and out of people, and you go, you drop your jaws, and you say, wow. Yeah. They call my guy, my former Liverpool player, Coutinho the magician, right? The Brazilian magician. But in reality, Messi is the magician, right? And and I want to agree with you. You know, I actually don't like when people compare Ronaldo and Messi, and I'll tell you why. Ronaldo and Messi are two very different players, right? right? It's like when people compare Michael and LeBron, I don't like it. And the reason I don't like it, sure, compare their, their uh, maybe their ability to make shots in clutch moments. But as players, Michael and LeBron are two different players. Two right? different builds, two different games. Two different games, styles. Same with Messi and Ronaldo. When I think of Ronaldo, I think of a player who's always going to run in open space. You're not going to see him dribble a crazy lead through defenders, do tricks, whatever. He's running straight at super speed. He gets open space, and then he just finishes, right? right? So for me, it's why I think Messi is the better player and will go down as the greatest ever. Because the thing about Messi is he's the most well-rounded player I've ever seen. I've never seen a guy be able to score the ball like he does but at the same token, dribble the ball like he does and assist for his teammates like he does, right? If you were to compare Ronaldo and Messi in assisting, I would choose Messi over Ronaldo any day because Ronaldo creates for, or excuse me, Messi creates for his teammates more, right? right? Um, so no, I'm, wholeheartedly, I agree 100%. I would take Messi over Ronaldo. Um, but I think we really got to stop this conversation of, you know, Messi or Ronaldo, even though I tried to put it on you, right, because right, right. they're two different players, they, right? They, they're two different players. They have two two play styles, and Ronaldo is, is probably most the most pure finisher we have in a very long time. When you need a goal and you need to find a way to get it happen, he's the one that's putting it in the net. But there are some things you see Messi do that some of these passes that you see that you see from like a bird's eye view where all the runners are and Messi makes a pass and you're like, wow, who would even think? Think of that. Think of that. Absolutely. And so complete, especially, I mean, his team in the system over the years has also pretty much adapted to him. I I firmly believe that the reason why they play that way is because they have engines and it ran through him. Absolutely. So now let me ask you this. Um, I... 
come from a soccer background in the sense that my dad is from South Africa. So growing up, he used to follow Manchester United. He's a big United fan. Right. Obviously, I'm a Liverpool fan. So that's where I got my love for soccer. I'm just curious where you got your love for soccer. Like, was it when you were growing up, you played? Was it maybe your parents? Like, what, what got you into soccer? Gotcha. So um, I, I grew up playing up. I, I always loved it. And it wasn't until later on in life that I started, I guess, started getting more coverage in the yeah. United States. Sure. And I started following a few things. And um, honestly, the international games with the United States really got me moving. Yeah, sure. It started with the World Cups and it kept going. That There was a hype and there was a belief around this game that it was it was bigger like, than the sport itself. I believe that we will win. <laughs> Seriously. It was, it was actually bigger than the sport. It was about countries literally coming together over something. Yeah. And I don't want to sound like, oh, this is like... <laughs> it's going to solve all yeah, the world's problems. Solve world problems. Yeah, we'll fix everything. <laughs> but, but there's something about it that this is so much bigger than I probably could have realized. Sure. And, and then I just started following it. And I got interested. And then the storylines are tremendous about how the leagues are structured with yeah. relegation and promotion. Yeah. And the international cups. And yeah. I was like, wow, could you imagine if like the Patriots played like the best football team from <laughs> Mexico in the Champions League? Yeah. Like, it's crazy. It's sick. And it brings so many different countries, clubs, players, people. What's mind-blowing to me, actually, is as someone who grew up watching soccer, right? Like I said, my father's from South Africa. Mm -hmm. Growing up, we used to watch soccer a lot. What's really mind-blowing to me is how much soccer is growing in this country. Yeah. Like, if you think about it, you know, I go to the Liverpool bar here in New York every Saturday or Sunday to watch the Liverpool game, depending on what day it is, right? Um, And just to see the amount of people that love the game of soccer in this country. And specifically when you look at youth, like I think I think right now, like especially girls and and guys when they're younger are really pivoting towards playing soccer. Um, And I think it's just a beautiful sport to play. A hundred percent. Yeah. And you saw it with this World Cup because we not making it cause an, a huge rift yeah. and not making it. People would say, well, doesn't that mean we're going backwards? It's like in a sense, maybe, but the, the backlash that came after was so serious that I started to understand. All right, well, this is a big deal. It's a big deal. In this, and, and people are starting to understand. And as, as we start catching on, um, I guess I'll, I'm going to take a line from Taylor Schwalman is we have an arrogance in other sports yeah. that in basketball and football, he says, that we, since we're the best in in those sports, we say, oh, what we do and what we are—that's we're the best at it. Yeah, no one can stop. No us. one can stop us. So yeah. what we do is the best, and we we try to do that in soccer, and we well, have we our can. own system. But something's going wrong. Yet we're still we're still saying that well, what we're doing is right. <laughs> you hear Bruce Arena say, oh no, nothing went wrong. As we just got a little unlucky. No. No, no things, there is a big problem. No, no things went wrong. Yeah. And the reason why I still have hope that there's good stuff happening is people were concerned. Yeah. And people had issues and people complained and people said, no, this, this can't keep going on. And you see it now. And I don't know. The, the game is growing immensely. I yeah. think it's it's amazing, like you said. You see the youth of it, sure. and you see the MLS leagues growing. If you ever watch MLS Cup, or you look yeah. at even Atlanta United, sure. they sell out every single game. My brother is from Atlanta, and my brother right. and his buddies go to the Atlanta United wow. game all the time. See, that's an experience, that's and they love it. They absolutely love it. This is the super, the Mercedes Benz Superdome, and they completely sell out the entire stadium. And it's unbelievable. You watch those games on TV and you're like, wow, what is like, this? Is like, crazy. I never thought soccer could reach this point. But and this is for an MLS game. MLS not game. Even a Premier League a regular game. season MLS game. Yeah, I don't know if I told you this. I went to Manchester City, Liverpool at, uh, Met, uh, at MetLife Stadium a few months ago, like in August. Right. And unbelievable atmosphere. So much fun. So many people in the crowd. Um, now I, I want to ask you this, um, and I'm kind of having a brain fart here, but let's, let's jump to the Premier League. Sure. Um, give me first, tell me really who you think is going to finish in the top four, um, starting with the fourth place team. All right. My fourth place. And and we've been talking about this all day. You haven't told me yet. You you said you're going to drop some uh, heat here. So, all right. So here's, here's my thing for starting with the fourth place team. I'm. I'm going with Manchester United. Really? I for for some reason people will criticize them all people will 
there, there's a different element. There's a different level in the standard with Manchester United because of all those glory years. Sure. That and there's there's been a, a thundercloud. There's been a haze over that team that right. they can't figure things out. Oh, people will complain they don't have good enough players. That's BS. They have good enough players. But I mean, they're people five points off top four. That's fine. It's a long season. True. My, my thinking is for some reason. They'll fi- they're going to find a way to get something together. And the reason why I say that is as ridiculous as it sounds is the comeback against Newcastle. That the 3-2. The 3-2. Wow, when, when what you, a game. When you, when, there's something about it. I'm sure for those of you who've played sports, that when you have a game that's so crazy and so momentum-building, you go into that locker room the second after the game and you say something's different. Yeah. And you notice something and something worked or something clicked. And then and now thing, you say, let's build on it. And now you say, something happened there. There's Funny a story. different feeling. Let's hear it. I turned off the laptop. I was watching on my laptop. I turned it off in the 80th minute when it was 2-0 Newcastle. And I was excited because I was like, hey, yes, Manchester United's going to lose. I can give my dad crap. I get a text from my cousin 15 minutes later. Yo, did you watch the ending of the game? I was like, what game are you talking about? It's like Manchester United won three <laughs> two. I was like, "Are you kidding me?" I was like, "I knew this is gonna happen." Because it was shaping up to be so vintage Mourinho, so vintage United. Oh, the second it's gonna be embarrassing. It was at Old Trafford, and Mourinho's gonna get sacked the next day. Yeah. It's gonna be a terrible fest. They'll put an interim manager, and they'll end the season in Europa League. Sure. It's shaped up to look so perfect for that, and for some reason, they still have a cloud over that team, but. Something clicked, and I, I, I really still hold on that something's going to happen moving forward. You know what? what's the funny part about it? I agree with you. As crazy as it sounds, right now Arsenal is playing super well. Yeah. Arsenal is – they're only two points off first place. They're playing well. They're playing very well, but for some reason I still see United finishing above Arsenal. Yeah. I don't know it, what it is. That's exactly what it is. I, I, Arsenal, to me, I, they – there's something funny about them that they'll get ride this high and their fans are going to talk like oh they're, they're going to win the title they're, they're going to talk the world of that team and then yeah. come crunch time points start falling fans start turning on them teams start slowing down and that's where that's where they go back to reality and sure. I think that's where it is okay who you got at third I know who you're going to say who you're going to say you're going to say Chelsea no you're going to say Liverpool yeah wow and okay. the, and the reason why it's a very long season. And Liverpool, I, I'm count, I might say they were third Premier League. I didn't say anything about them doing bad in Champions League. I think they're going to do very well there. Okay. It is an extremely long season. Yeah. And the teams that do the best in extremely long seasons are ones who have depth and who, have, who can get goals from different places. Or they have a singular person that they can count on every single game. Yeah. Now, Liverpool can get goals from a lot of different places, but my only issue with them is their, is their depth. Mane, Firmino, and Salah, right? Yeah. They play so well. They play sure. so fun, fast, yeah. sure. going for the great. What happens if you remove one of those guys? Shaqiri. Okay. You got Shaqiri. What about Naby Keita, who, even though he hasn't started many games, in the games that he's played, people have literally said he is arguably I, one I, of the best players in the league. Tremendous. And the reason why I love Klopp, I sure. love the system, I love his belief. There's a there's a feeling around Liverpool that I don't think is around a lot of different places. Sure. And I guess it could have been because of Champions League final. It could have Absolutely. been a Jurgen Klopp's exaggerated sure. <laughs> celebrations. Not in a bad way. It's just they're, they're tremendous. And they're I love the celebrations. They're ridiculous. But I'm there's there's a belief that the they're rallying behind this team. Yeah. But sometimes, and it's because of historic things. I I hope I'm wrong because I really want Liverpool to do well is they can close out the away games. They'll drop mm-hmm. points against... Yeah. and at Like we just dropped game, games against City and, and Man, excuse me, Man City and Chelsea. If you drop, if you just start dropping points against teams who you probably... Even you, the bad ones who you shouldn't be dropping points to. And historically, when they have those away games, I think they're, they sometimes can't finish those yeah, games sure. out. Sure, absolutely. Okay, so then I'm assuming at two you have Chelsea I and Chelsea. at one you have Man City. Yeah, and the reason why I have Man City... Um, the reason why I don't have Chelsea winning, you hear, you read the storylines, you think Chelsea's the best team in the league by far. Mm-hmm. All they do is talk about him. They talk about Sorry, They talk about Hazard. And bang, bang. All I hear about is Chelsea. You would think that they're far and away the best team in the Premier League. What happens if you remove Hazard from that team? That's my reason why they're not going to finish second. What happens if you take if you take him out of the picture? Then you're like, whoa, whoa, we're... 
They played too much through Hazard. Too much through him. And sure, every team has a tremendous player. Real Madrid had Ronaldo, but they still had Luka Modric. Yeah. They still had great Cr- players. Christian Tony, Bale. Tony Kroos. They still had Bale coming off the bench most of the time. They still had great players on that team. And not saying Chelsea doesn't have good players, but yeah. they don't have any other people where if you remove Hazard, you know what's going on. I, I used to love Alvaro Morata. He used yeah. to be, kill he used my to be, AC Milan. He used to be very good. Sick. Clinical. That you he's trying to get informed now. He's, he scored a couple of goals in the last few games. And he needs to get his confidence back. Now, so you think Man City's going to win the title? I think Man City's going to win the title just because at the end of the day, like I said, squad depth in a 38-game season is extremely important. It's extremely important. important. Now, yeah. do you think they'll win at as big of a margin as they did last no. year, 25 points? No. No, I really don't. I think I think that year was unbelievable. And so what do you think the gap between Man City and a third-place team like Liverpool will be? How many points? I think ten. Okay, ten so it's not so it's close. It's so not. I, I really think it's close. It's within three or four games. I am going to agree with you wholeheartedly, except for your rankings. Right. I'm going to agree with that. It's going to be a very close season to the very end. Um, I think I, 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 you know, I'm actually going to disagree with you on the Manchester United thing. That now that I'm looking at it, that's right. I actually think that fourth will be Tottenham. Okay. I think that Tottenham, at the end of the day, I think Harry Kane and the boys will find a way to get it done. I think Arsenal will finish fifth. I think United will finish sixth. I think a third will be Chelsea. The reason I think Chelsea will finish at third is because of what you brought up. Yep. They play too much through Hazard. And I actually think that in January, Eden Hazard will no longer play for Chelsea. Really? I think that in wow. January, this is a bold this is a bold prediction. But I think in January, Eden Hazard is going to force his way to Real Madrid. And I, the reason I think that is because if you look at what uh, Eden Hazard said the other day, he was asked, how are you feeling at Chelsea right now? And he said, right now I'm on a high, but who knows, in two or three months I might want to leave. <laughs> Backhanded, open the door. Right? <laughs> and I read something today saying he's going to try to push to, to Real Madrid. I don't know if Chelsea would be willing to sell him in the, in the winter, so they, maybe they'll hold him. But even if they do, what happens if Eden Hazard gets injured for five games, Right. I, I want to off the boat say this to all the Chelsea fans out there, and I know my boy Rohanet, who's a big Chelsea fan, i got to get him on the podcast, is going to talk about this. Sorry, he's done a phenomenal job. He's yep. a phenomenal coach. I'm right. not here to say sorry, he's not a great coach. He's right. one of the best in the world. Right. Um, I am going to disagree with you, and I'm not trying to be biased, but I think City will finish second. Okay. Um, the reason I think City will finish second is that no one has repeated in the Premier League the last team to do it, actually, and I think it's been over 10 years, I mm-hmm. believe, was either Chelsea or Man United in like 2006, 2007, something right. like that. I can't remember. And I think that City, their dark horse, their kind of, uh, what do you call it, their vendetta team, their, uh, what's, what's the kryptonite. word? Their kryptonite yeah. team is Liverpool. Although City played well against Liverpool in the last game, I want to remind everyone, Liverpool, this is the same Liverpool team that used to lose to the worst teams in the league, right? Off goals, whatever. We bring in Virgil van Dijk, and he has completely transformed our team from a defensive stability. Virgil van Dijk is the best center back in all of England, if not the best center back in the world right now. Okay. And... Our defensive solidity is there. You see teams like City and Chelsea who are struggling to score against us. And we're tied for first in the Premier League when our front three, Mo Salah, Roberto Firmino, and Sadio Mane, have not meshed at all. Yet. And they've scored 12 goals. The, the Liverpool scored 12 goals, I think it is, mm-hmm. in the first eight games. And last year we probably scored 21 in the right. first you know, right. five, six games, right? So you think it's a matter of when? It's not a matter of if, because we know this is, there's no debating this. This, this. this is the most prolific front three in the world right now. Last season and this season, front three-wise. I'm not and, saying... Okay, in terms, not, of, yeah, in terms of metrics, yeah, 100%. I'm not saying like, oh, the best three players in the world? Absolutely not. I'm saying together as a front three attacking-wise... The most prolific front three in the entire world. So we know they can be unreal like they were last year. It's just a matter of when it's going to start clicking again, Mm -hmm. right? And I think Klopp's a genius, so he will find a way to make sure it clicks. Now, going to your depth point, I actually think that's the reason Liverpool is going to win the title this year. Okay. Because Liverpool has so much depth. You've got Shaqiri coming off the bench, who's phenomenal. You've got... 
Nabi Keita coming off the bench. You now got Daniel Sturridge, who's proving slowly. I was going to say he's proving he he's might proving be back. something. He might have a chip on his shoulder, right? And you know, you're right, right. Got a little bit of the, what was that year that him and Luis Suarez just went? That was 2012, 2013, something like that, or 2013, 2014. It might, right? yeah. Um, and then you look at the defense. You got Virgil Van Dyke, who is again. I go out and say this, and I don't think anyone can argue me the best defender, center back in all of England. There okay. is no better. I don't think anyone can name a better. If United fans want to say Chris Smalling, get, get out of here. Get the fuck out of here. Get out of here. You're good. Get out of here, right? Um, you know, if sure, Chelsea fans might be able to make an argument about David Luiz, but he used to be one of the best center backs in the world. I don't know if he is right I won't, now. I won't debate right? that with you. In terms of physical prowess, in terms of everything, he actually, you're right. He brings a different sort of sentiment. That team looks different because of one, di- of one, one player. player. Everybody talks about Mo Salah being our best player. Roberto Firmino. I'm saying right here as a Liverpool fan, diehard Liverpool fan, our best player. Our best two players right now, Virgil van Dijk is our number one best player all across the board, and James Milner. Those are our two best players because they don't just play on offense, they do everything. James Milner creates, he, you know, he, he, he can score, he can take penalties, right. right? He brings that leadership. And I will also say one last point. Think about who we have in goal. We have a top three goalie in the entire world. Alisson... The best goalkeeper, in my opinion, in the entire world is De Gea. There's no, there's no question, okay. right? If Neuer gets healthy, then maybe he'll move back up to the top, right? You got, I think, De Gea, Neuer, Alisson, and then I'm going to say Thibaut Courtois. Yeah. And then maybe Ederson, who's his counterpart at Man City, sure. right? So that's my reason I think Liverpool will win the Premier League. Now, I think the biggest flaw that Liverpool is going to have is Liverpool is built for the Champions League. We got exactly. to the Champions League final last year. Exactly. How are they going to manage both the Champions League and the Premier League? That's going to be our biggest problem. So my yeah, my thinking is with Liverpool is when games matter, and they've proved it last year in the Champions League, they find a way to get done. I mean, I won't even talk about the final. I think the final was weird. Because so, Liverpool so, was dominating in the yeah. 30 minutes that Salah was in the game. As soon as he went out, the I, game I, transformed. I, I was going to say, a bunch of things went wrong and went weird. And I'm not saying you definitely should have won, but the, the game should have been different. Absolutely. Um, my thinking is, and the reason why I'm, I'm buying back, is that for some reason, Man City will play all these away games and these home games and against they'll, these they'll bottom get points, half teams, and, get and they get three points, yeah. and they put the, yeah. those games are done by halftime. Absolutely. They'll be 3 nothing, 4 nothing, and Man City will cruise on, and it won't even be a storyline. Yeah. So it, I think it's fair to say this, and I think we can all agree on this. Sure. Liverpool can win the Premier League, but the safest bet right now... Is Man City. It's Man City. 100%. Right. And okay. Chelsea too can win okay. it. Chelsea can absolutely win we'll, it. We'll agree. I, 100% we can agree on that. If there is a team that be, that is going to top Man City, I think I agree. I think it will be Liverpool. And I will say, I want all the people out there, don't forget about Chelsea. They right. have won the Premier League so many times, we can't just throw them out the water. can't throw right? them out. It's just, you can't. You can't. I mean, and especially with the, with the way like they've been getting results. And obviously, like Hazard's been running that team, but... At the end of the day, all that matters is if you get the results or not. Absolutely. And Sarri got done in Italy in a lot of ways. When they need results, he figured out a way to get them. Absolutely. And it doesn't have to be the most pretty, and it doesn't have to. But if you get the results, then you get the results. That's all that matters. Okay, so then who do you think is going to win the Champions League? I know who my answer is going to be. And it's going to piss me off because. Ronaldo is going to get another championship, <laughs> even though, quite frankly, that team could win it without him. I think Juventus is going to win the Champions League. Yeah, I or was, Barcelona. Or Barcelona. I think it was going to be Barcelona. The thing with Juve, and I watch that league a lot, is Ronaldo was, I guess you could have said, the missing piece for Juve, or maybe he was just on the wrong side of them, yeah. and that he was playing against them. My thing with Ronaldo is that team is so complete it hurts. Is that from everything? Juventus has always been a, um, a defensively minded team, and they found ways to get results. Right? Juventus would cruise on, and I guess it stems from the Italy national team mentality that it starts from the back and it goes forward. So Juventus wins their games. Yeah. 
two nothing, two mm-hmm. one. They don't win games eight nothing. Yeah. Like Man City will win six five six nothing. They, Juventus doesn't do that, but every single time they find ways to get three points. And now you put Ronaldo, a world class another dimension, and it it doesn't even it, exactly. It takes them to a, a place that that team hasn't been on. People talk about Paulo Dybala. People talk about Mandzukic, and they've talked about all these nice players who are good and they play within the system. But you put a generational player and talent on that team it changes the dimension it changes it, it changes a yeah. culture and I'm actually going to backtrack I actually think Barcelona will win I um, think that Messi is so motivated after hearing all this BS that Ronaldo is better than him which he's not and everybody's saying oh Ronaldo's the GOAT by winning the, prim- the, the Champions League three what is it three times in a row or two times in a row right. um, but in reality those Real Madrid teams were so stacked right um, so I'm going to go with you I think Barcelona will win and I, I, I think my Liverpool team is going to struggle in the, in the Champions League this really? year I really do okay so, so my take with Barcelona, and I do like that, but at the end of the day, I'm not sure if they're the team, is they, there's a culture that's been instilled there and that still is there. Even the, People won't talk about it. People will talk about, oh, continue struggling, although I think he's doing a little bit better. So people will talk about Barcelona, and they were all over the headlines with them and Real Madrid back a few years ago. That team still hasn't hasn't lost that way no. they just have underperformed in certain things and it's magnified because Real Madrid their counterpart yeah. is doing, doing is, so well is, was doing so well which is the funniest yeah. part because in the league Real Madrid sucks Couldn't Real Madrid it. is only good in the Champions Couldn't League couldn't get things together and and Barcelona would go and they would do their business and because they weren't as dominant as Real Madrid everyone shoved the spotlight over and they pretty much disregard Barcelona just because the other team in Spain was doing so much better. Yeah. But I still like Barcelona because on paper they are they have so many talent talented players, yeah. and the way they can, they can move the ball. I watched a game against Tottenham, and I watched some of those goals I have that happened. game. Yeah. And <laughs> it, what a game! You you laugh because I or I laugh because it's typical Tottenham getting matched up against that. Yeah. There's the goals that happened. I don't even know who could have stopped them. I heard Rakic just scored a. Absolute goal loss, so as they say. You you watch he's, you watch Messi's Messi's goal, and maybe it was he had two, or maybe it was second, and it was they had two dummies coming that happened, and it was the most perfect. No defender, no goalie could have stopped this goal, and you looked at it and said, "Wow, that's the Barcelona, that's, Messi. that's the Barcelona, and that's the Messi I remember." Yeah. And I feel that coming back, and if that team plays like that, and that team clicks because. We don't talk about Barcelona, but they still have Luis Suarez. They yeah. still have Messi. They, they still, still have, have arguably, Coutinho. They have Usman Dembele, who's one of the yeah. up-and-coming young talents. What a guy. What they, a player. They still have all these guys. But, yeah. like, that that's a pedigree right there. Yeah. That's So, I think on paper, Barcelona should win it. Now, it's just a matter of can they click. And the reason why I, I still like Juventus is there's a system built there. That, yeah. yes, they've gotten close, and people say, oh, but they can't finish it off. I think, I think sure, that's BS. Because but who did they lose to? They lost to Real Madrid, lost, and, and now they have Real Madrid's best gonna, player. I was going to say, and now they have Ronaldo. So that's the obvious favorite. And I'm not saying I would like to be proved wrong because I still like Serie A getting publicity, even if it is Juventus. <laughs> um, but in, until, until Bayern starts becoming onto that bigger level. The Juventus, I think because they put a global superstar on, there's a spotlight and there's an expectation that if they don't win the Champions League or at least get to the final and make it interesting, that they failed. And that's yeah. their expectations. Absolutely. And So um, who, I, I want you to give me one answer. You said Man City's going to win the Premier League. Who is going to win the Champions League? Juventus. Juventus is going to win. I'm going to say it, and just because across the board, that team finds ways to win in the past, and now you put the most iconic and one of the most prolific goal scorers in the history of the game on that team who always shows up for Champions League. You you can't tell me yeah. that that team is not built to win. It's not built to win now. Time. Not built to win now. That Barcelona team can win for decades. I mean, they're built while. for a while. But those those Italian, you look at the Juventus partnership. You look at the new team. That makes me so mad because I I don't want Ronaldo. I love you, Ronaldo, but like I don't want you to get another championship because everybody's (laughs) gonna say you're better than Messi, but you're not. You know? Oh man, what a podcast episode! Sheesh. (laughs) I gotta come back on. Some no, more absolutely, hundred percent. I want to do an episode just about the, the, your experience with the Jets and, yeah. and other things. You got any questions for me, man? So my questions to you, my questions to all of them, would be: so 
You were a Liverpool fan. Yes. And you tied up at United fan. Yes. Where the disconnect happened? So the disconnect happened um, because my dad grew up as a United fan, and um, I fell in love with a player named El Nino, Fernando yeah. Torres. So when I was a kid, I bought my father bought me a Fernando Torres jersey for my birthday. I wanted his cleats. I used to play soccer like when I was a kid, like right, religiously right. rec soccer. I bought his cleats, and that became my favorite player. I loved him first, and then I loved the team. I fell in love with Gerard, Xavi Alonso, Javier Mascherano, uh, Skirtle, all of these players, and then it just it just it just continued. It kept from going, that. and especially now, they're such a sexy team to watch, right? That like I I, I, I have a buddy who like just is getting into the soccer, and he's like, Vince, like I don't know how I cannot be a Liverpool fan. I watch their games. And it's the new so game. much fun, right? So like right fun. now is the time where my dream to go to Anfield and watch a game is that it's all time high. Like if I could go right now to a Champions League game or like Man City versus Liverpool, or Man United versus Liverpool at Anfield, see Klopp, see the front three, Salah, everyone, my life would be made. And that's a goal. I want to do that within like the next year and a half if I have oh, the money, right? But, um, oh man, it, it's, I, I'll say this right now, is in my 22 years of being alive and my probably 16 years of being a Liverpool fan, right now is the best time I've ever had as being a Liverpool because fan. Because it's it, even even in like certain games that don't go right, it is so much freaking fun to watch this exactly. team. Exactly. It's the crowd, it's it's the belief that club. I was gonna say there's there's a belief within the city, within exactly. the team, within the fan base. It's Klopp. Klopp has worked. He was the perfect fit for Liverpool. For, exactly. A guy who's so passionate like Liverpool fans, that's Liverpool fans are known for being so passionate and so loud. And Klopp was the perfect guy and he brought that hope back to us. Everyone says, Oh, it took him three years but and, and they're like oh it only took sorry three months what people don't understand is what Klopp had to fix three years ago yeah. was absolute trash compared to when players like Conte and, 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 and sorry came in sure Chelsea was tanking but that talent of players has already won titles they right. understood the winning mindset so what Klopp has been trying to do for three years is change the mindset the it's first culture thing, right the first thing he said in his interview is we as Liverpool fans not need to stop being you know doubters we need to become believers. He's taken us from doubters. Three years ago, Liverpool fans would say we don't have a chance to now where we're so passionate. We are literally arguing that this is our year without a question. And it's completely different. You talk to Arsenal fans and they'll believe in their team the second the thing goes wrong. They want the manager gone. They want every player gone. This right? guy, this guy, that fired. Yeah. Thing goes wrong with you. With Liverpool fans, it's almost more motivation for next game. Exactly. They're so excited for So it. when we lost the Champions League final... We weren't upset because, first off, no one expected Liverpool no to get there. Klopp got us there. Sure, he's got a curse. He hasn't finished. But it's that experience that's going to motivate these players to not only, if not get back to the Champions League final, win the Premier League. And going back to our college basketball, start this whole right. thing, right? Start this whole thing. It's you, the motivation. You get a taste of it and you And you, you lose, stop. you want to keep going for it, you yeah, know? And so. so, you know, I want to say... Thank you for an awesome episode. Yeah. Uh, the episode right now is 51 minutes. It's been real. It's been candid. Like I said to you all, we are only candid on this podcast. Um, we didn't come prepared for this conversation. This was literally just us talking about sports and our passion for sports. And, you know, please, please, I want to request to you all, the listeners, please hit that subscribe button. Please comment and please review. These are This is what's going to help us get this podcast even more. Share it on your social media. I just created an Instagram page today for Ball Talk where I'm going to post little snippets before I released an episode. Please follow us on uh, Instagram at Ball Talk HW. Um, and like I said, Vince, thank you for coming on. You're going to be on a lot of episodes. Um, so to you, the listeners, please share on social media um, and look forward to the next episode, which is going to be a very good interview with uh, a gentleman that I'm very excited to have on, Mr. Taylor Sharp, uh, who created a documentary for the NBA uh, called, Af- um, you know, Ubuntu Matters, um, Hoops, a- Hoops Africa, Ubuntu Matters. So if you get a chance, please check out his documentary, his movie, where he interviews uh, famous NBA players about the impact of basketball in Africa. Um, check it out on Amazon. I'm excited to have him on this week. Uh, he's here in New York. So like I said, please uh, subscribe, review, comment, share on social media, and we will see you all on the next episode deuces thanks a lot guys me don't pull up at 6 a.m to cuddle with me you know how i like it when you loving on me i don't want to die for them to miss me yes i see the things that they wishing on